I have an announcement uh, it's regarding the 2022 gubernatorial election. Oh uh, wow! Is this is this oh. big news? It's big news. I've been I've been brought on as spokesperson. Okay. Wow. Uh, wow! Wow! Congratulations! My, That's uh, a big move. It is. My uh, my my good friend, my dog yeah. Ernest the Pomeranian is going to run for governor. Wow. Really? Yeah. Um, there's no age requirement in New York State. Yeah. So he's six, but that's, you know, in uh, in dog years, that's uh, six. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. he, I think he's probably old enough and experienced enough to run the state at this right. point. Right. Well, and and he can just walk up to anybody and kiss them, and it's okay with them. Yeah. Right. That's true. Right. He can kiss whoever he wants. Right. Because and it's he's okay. because he's Italian. Right. He, <laughs> that's he can go up and kiss whoever he wants. Right. It's he he always he's always kissing me, and then he says ciao bella. Wow, what a good dog! What a good dog! Yeah, bad bad Governor Cuomo. Bad Governor Cuomo. Good, good Ernest. Good Ernest. Good Ernest. Ernest Algernon. And welcome back to the Square Podcast. We have Jim. That's me. We have Snake, aka Ryan. Hey, and we have Re holding it down. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're uh, going to have our very good friend, uh, State Assemblyman Pat Burke. And and I should disclose, as of a couple of weeks ago, I now work for Assemblyman Burke. So, uh, you know, no conflict of interest here, but uh, I, you know, he is my boss. Working for the man. Jim working for the man. Well, we are here to uh, talk about the stuff that's going on because, you know, that's what we like. We would do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, We before we recorded, before we started doing this podcast, this is just what we would do. Mm -hmm. And if you if you think that's insufferable, you're right. We we are insufferable. That's why we do this podcast because this is our outlet, because otherwise I would be talking to my girlfriend about, uh, you know, the gubernatorial election. Yeah, we, we decided we need to gift the world. With our insights and our conversation, yes, we came to the point. Why are we? Why are we just keeping it amongst ourselves and our loved ones? Mm. Uh, yes, our, uh, us beautiful political and social geniuses that we are. You know, we just had to to get it out to the world. So we're talking about the big stuff. Let's get to it. Cuomo, mm. Mm. rough week for Cuomo. Ooh. Not a lot of Cuomo sexuals anymore, but I do see them post saying what's so bad about it. Trump did worse. I don't know if I buy that argument. You can't do that. You can't. You can't give me the Trump did worse stuff. I'm sorry. Bad is bad. Mm-hmm. Like you got. You got to keep it real because then the Trump people are like, well, what do you mean? You're, Cuomo's groping and you know doing all this stuff, and it's like, all right. Well, do you want to be a disingenuous shithead? Mm-hmm. Do you want, do you, do you as a human being want to say, well, Trump, Trump grabbed him by the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And just like, come on, man. You have a governor who has credible, <laughs> credible harassment allegations brought forward by the state attorney general. And uh, you, you just can't dismiss that. No, I mean, it's, it, and it's, it's not one or two credible allegations. It's 11. It's a lot. Yeah. Double digits. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a trend. Yeah, I can't believe he hasn't resigned yet. He's going to go out kick. I mean, guys, back when this first uh, broke, you know, like a few months back, we we thought there could be a potential that he resigns, but I think we came to the realization that that guy is, you got to drag him out, literally drag him out of uh, the governor's yeah, mansion. Yeah, get, get the fire department with the jaws of life. Uh, it's, I, I don't, I mean, I guess I just don't see him resigning. At the, I mean, even as of like Friday, his attorneys had like a Zoom 
conference, and they were like, well, we dispute the findings of the, the report, and we think that the, the integrity of the report it could be questioned because the attorney general is a potential political rival to the governor. I was like, listen, you can't question the integrity of the report when you specifically asked for her office to do the investigation because you thought it would be an independent investigation. You can't, like, you don't get to pick who does the investigation, then they do it, and you say, mm, can't trust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, guys, we live in 2021. You know, we we live in a time where we have opened as a culture and a society in the wake of Harvey Weinstein and, and you know, the Me Too movement. Um, we live in a time where, like, it was it never acceptable, but it happened. Now it's, okay, it's really not acceptable. And we have people who can step forward and tell their stories. There needs to be repercussions. Mm-hmm. We can't just because this guy has a D in front of his name. There has to be repercussions about people who uh, abuse their office and harass people and, and like make them feel uncomfortable there. There has to be something fucking like you can't just do that. You can't be the governor and do that. Right. And, his defense in his pre-recorded statement, which was basically like, I hug everybody, I kiss everybody, I invade everybody's personal space, isn't the defense that he thinks it is. No, it's not. Well, didn't he put out that like crazy video or something? Yeah, there was a there was clips in there of like him like hugging like Schumer, yeah. kissing old ladies on the hands, but also had like pictures of George W. and Obama like hugging hurricane victims. <laughs> He, he also, in that press conference, admitted to being an asshole boss with a terrible work environment. Yeah. Saying it's not for everyone great. Who, work, who work for my administration. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Just. And, just and, 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 and basically threatened to have trial by newspaper for the, the one executive assistant who claimed that he yeah. uh, groped her breast. If nothing else. If nothing. Like, if you are a cold-hearted cynic. And all you care about is, you know, not losing to the Republicans. And you just care about the Democratic Party stuff. Well, all right. If that is your mindset, then Cuomo is bad for business. (laughs) Because, look, man, God forbid he's still hanging around for the 2022 election. I don't know. I'm more and more. I know a lot of people don't think Republicans can win in New York. If he even gets that far, I mean, the primary. I mean, I can't imagine he survives a primary, right? Well, it depends on who runs. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't know. There hasn't really been any names thrown out there that are credible primary contenders. And we'll get to lieutenant governor in a second. But I don't know. Can Could she primary him? If Yeah, why not? Yeah. Sure. The lieutenant governor, while they, they it's weird. So they, they you run as a ticket, but you're on the ballot independently. If you remember right. last time. Uh, Jumani Williams primaried Kathy Hochul for lieutenant governor. That's right. Do you remember that? So, you know, they raise money independently. They run independently, but, you know, they're they're running mates. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Cuomo, again, like, you, you can't just take it for granted that any Democrat is going to win in 2022 in, for the gubernatorial election. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, it's New York State. Like, oh, we're we're a Democratic state. Listen, everybody hates Cuomo. I've got news for you. If you are still a diehard Cuomo sexual, as it were, uh, everybody fucking hates the guy. He is truly abysmal. Nothing. There's no like he's pretty much probably destroyed the Cuomo legacy. 
Honestly, like every all the goodwill that Mario had, it's going to be gone based on Andrew Cuomo's well, they're, they're tenure. There's still Chris on CNN. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who who notably <laughs> failed to bring up anything about yeah. his brother this week. Oh, jeez, wonder why. God, I'm. Ugh. I don't know. I just I'm so I'm so sick of seeing this guy just get away with it. Like I feel like Jesse Pinkman, like you can't keep getting away with it, but I don't think he is. I think eventually he's going to meet some kind of political end. Uh, I don't think he's long. I just think of him um, draped in the blanket, walking around the governor's mansion. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have long. He doesn't have long. No, this is yeah. like a prolonged what, torture for him. What comes after this for Andrew Cuomo? Does he open a family restaurant like his doppelganger, Mo Sislak? <laughs> yeah. Or, <laughs> or, uh, Uncle, do do? Uncle Andy's family feedback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds great. Oh, uh, well. Coming to Albany this fall. Well, I mean, Cuomo, we'll see if and when he goes, but we're talking about her. Kathy Hochul mm-hmm. would be in line to be the uh, the governor yep. of New York State. Western New York's own Kathy Hochul. The first governor yeah. from Buffalo since Grover Cleveland. Which I, I she yeah of course she would be she'd be the first uh, first woman governor too right right I'm all right with that I'm all right with it I'm I'm all right look I know that the Hochels have a lot of ties well sure to things that are unsavory shall we say I also think as a cold eyed realist that to be the governor of New York State you're gonna have a lot of unsavory ties that's just I. <laughs> I'm sorry, listener. I know you're maybe you're a young idealist and you think, you know, the world of sunshine and, and roses and everybody's got good intentions. And I, I wish it were the case. But I to be the governor of of this particular state, you're going to have some shitty ties. Now, should we call them out? Should we call say what it is? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I know Rob Galbraith has been on this beat about the Hochul's. Um, either you guys know what I think it's like developers or something. Well, I mean, you, Bill Hochul is lead counsel for Delaware North. Oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and as of like the lieutenant governor's last financial statement, he makes somewhere between four hundred fifty and five hundred fifty thousand dollars as counsel so, for Delaware North. So, I think you know her being part of the stadium negotiations, there might be a conflict of interest, right? right? With so. D- Delaware North yeah. being the provider of concessions at Highmark Stadium. All right. I mean that sucks. I don't know. Yeah. What do you want me to say? I, I I'm no Kathy Hochul fan, but I think she's better than the alternative at this point. What, what keeping Cuomo? That's yeah. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what would be interesting is all signs point to with her fundraising that that she would run for an election herself for a full term for governor. Right. Um, where she moved up, and that could be interesting. I mean, it was uh, you would expect turnout would be high in Western New York if there was a Western New York native on the ballot for uh the governor's race i assume that were she to run for governor in 2022 that she'd be primary from somebody downstate maybe multiple people sure maybe the potential you know governor kathy Hochul might be enough to get attorney general tish james involved in the race mm-hmm. maybe that's when she jumps in you know jamani williams already primaried kathy Hochul one time Maybe he jumps in and wants to become right. governor, yeah. right? You know what I mean? You've you've got, and and that's you know those are just some names that people are bouncing around. You know, you certainly could have other names sh- shoot out. You know, basically, you know, not out of nowhere. You're not going to be you know fish kill town councilman and run for governor. <laughs> um, oh. Somebody like Carl Heasty, right? 
I don't know why he would want to give up the role of Speaker of the Assembly. But, I mean, governor is a good, pretty good thing to take if, if you don't want to be Speaker of the Assembly. You know, maybe that. Uh, who knows? Uh, who knows who comes out and, and, and runs for governor? No, and, I mean, it, I think it's a testament to there being a, a vibrant political movements. You know, like, I, I, there's, there's a lot of people who are viable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, like, being under the thumb of Andrew Cuomo for so long, uh, I think he's definitely suppressed a lot of that. Just to see like multiple like viable candidates, like young kind of fresh candidates coming out. I mean, listen, listen, Kathy Hochul's she's no political neophyte. Like she's been around for a million years here, but she is. I don't know. It is refreshing to see the potential for a Western New York governor. That's pretty yeah. cool. Like, yeah, maybe maybe it'll be Tim Kennedy, Governor Kennedy. He's got a million dollars. He's got a lot of money. He's got a lot, a lot of money, Timmy. So we'll see, but. Again, Cuomo, who knows how long he is for this world as governor, but Kathy Hochul would be, yeah, it'd be cool enough. I'm not, I'm not doing backflips over it. I can't really do backflips anyway, but if I could, I would not be doing it for Kathy Hochul. I don't want to dismiss, because um, I always throw this caveat out there when you have the potential for, you know, a woman to hold political office for the first time, right? Like you can't dismiss how important that is to have like the first woman governor. You know, even if you like disagree with her, you don't like your politics or whatever. I felt this way about Hillary Clinton running for president, who I was not a fan of, but I also did not want to dismiss the importance of that to, uh, you know, all, all the women in this country who it would feel like a huge groundbreaking moment. Mm-hmm. So Kathy Hochul being governor would be a huge ground, <laughs> huge groundbreaking moment. Huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to understate that. Kathy, best of luck to you, by the way, if you do become governor because it is a bit of a shit show right now in in new york here we uh we've been talking a lot about like the mask stuff yeah Uh, grocery stores tops and wegman starting to require customers wearing masks i I don't know if it's required or strongly recommended but wear wear a mask at the grocery store Mm -hmm. yeah the masks the masks are are probably probably coming back which kind of sucks yeah I, i just don't want them at the gym I just got used to not wearing a mask in most places. Oh, my God. Uh, it's going to take getting used to again. Well, and I know there's been a lot of controversy about, like, the New York City vaccine passport. Like, you have to show a vaccine card. Or did de Blasio say that businesses are, are strongly encouraged to do that, where they can uh, turn away? We, we talk about this a little bit with, with Pat um, in the interview portion, but... They, I think they did say like the vaccine pass where businesses can say, hey, do you have proof of vaccination? And they can turn your way. Right. So we've seen that. Um, but as with anything related to the vaccine and to the masks and, you know, uh, in this crazy political time that we live in. Well, guys, it turns out that, hey, this might be actually fomented. Some of this hardcore anti-vax stuff actually might be stirred up by some uh george soros some yeah well <laughs> yep yep oh yep him really it's unlikely yeah. <laughs> the bilderbergs um you know they're, they're all in it together no it might be actually like these right-wing movements that are trying to rile up a lot of these acts these anti-vax people um to you know recruit them to their movement basically so the reason I bring this up, the Washington Post actually had an article recently in Western New York. The far right tries to make inroads with vaccine skeptics. 
this is written by Razan Naklawi, came out yesterday. Uh, the leader of a far-right patriot group in Western New York stood on top of a truck trailer speaking to a crowd of about 100 people in a quiet suburb of Buffalo. They had gathered in June to support a Buffalo Bills player who had refused to take the coronavirus vaccine, even at the cost of his career. Charles Pellian, head of the New York Watchmen, spoke proudly of a constellation of groups coalescing around their shared beliefs. We're all coming together, Pellian said. That's why this crowd is so big. Far-right groups across the nation have aligned themselves with those opposed to masks and vaccines, seeking new allies around the issue of medical freedom, while appearing to downplay their traditional focus on guns, belief in the tyranny of the federal government, and calls by some for violent resistance. And this guy, Pellian, is head of the New York Watchmen, um, former police officer. They've been basically coming to rallies. The, the article talks about our, our boy Bobby De Niro and uh, his little anti-lockdown protest. The Watchmen came to Getzville uh, for an anti-mask event. They were ushering people to their seats. So, I mean, these guys, like Southern Poverty Law Center, did they technically classify them as a hate group? I mean, they're, they're, on, the, they're on the watch list. Um, but no surprises. Who watches the Watchmen? The Southern Poverty Law Center. <laughs> yes, yes. No surprises, though, that, hey, these, uh, after everything that we've experienced here in Western New York, no surprises that the right, hardcore right-wingers are trying to make inroads here with this being, like, the pivot point, uh, the anti-mask and the anti-vaccine stuff. No coincidence that Buffalo had, we have, like, the second most amount of people who are involved in the January 6th. Yeah, something like that. Yeah uprising so erie county uh, like they broke it down by county and erie county was like second jeez our our home our little home our little home here guys like it's it's a beautiful place filled with a lot of fucking insane people listener if you you hear this you already know but just to reiterate um how bananas a lot of these people that we're dealing with here are you know that buffalo can become a a hotbed of anti-mask protest and that we can become like the second most amount of people going to these January 6th protests. The, the right wingers are very much here. I guess it is what it is, but we, it just, I just find it fascinating that as like small of a place as we are relatively, there's so much shit that happens here. That's so relevant to what happens in the rest of the country. And again, I mean with, you know, the India Walton election that has already gotten major national attention. Yeah. It's going to get more national attention. Um, as, as it heats up, but it's just like, I say this later in the interview with Pat, but we have like this inferiority complex in Buffalo that we're not good enough or that we're not important enough. And yet we're always in the middle of shit. <laughs> we're always like the topic of conversation. There's always something about Buffalo that's happening nationally. They, they, we're there. We're big. So it's only a matter of time before the square podcast is a national podcast talking oh, okay. about the center of the universe. hundred percent. Once, okay. once, once Joe Rogan finally gets canceled by Spotify, we're moving up to the big leagues boys. Right on. Jim, get ready to take some DMT. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been doing it already just to yeah. get ready. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, we, we had an ayahuasca ceremony last night. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Did you see the face of God? No, not yet. No, no. just his hands. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he kept stiff arming us. Oh, I don't know if that was God, Jim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was just doing the Heisman over us. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of India Walton here, uh, we we've got a little uh, tempest in a teacup, shall we say, over the debate that 
was supposed to be, now wasn't supposed to be. Jim, what's going on with uh, the debates? Or they're not debates. That, well, I mean, this is all like Channel 4 being totally disingenuous. Dave Graber from Channel 4. Yeah, specifically him. Yeah, specifically yeah. him being a shitbag. Is that he's like, he's like, well, we wanted to have a, a debate between Byron and India, and she said no, and... You, it you know it, she said she would debate him and it, it only took her a month to break her promise and and I was like fuck you man like guess what they are debating it, it's just not on channel four right that's my understanding is that there is a debate it's just not gonna be on channel four uh, and she never agreed to like channel four was like basically set up like a sweet deal for Byron where like they would like field all like all of his questions ahead sure. of time um, but they would. They She's were super g- smart for not saying yes to that. Right. And, well, and, like, you know what she should have said is, like, well, okay, but, like, anybody who's running as a writing candidate has to be there. There you go. And then and then just invite, like, 11 clowns up there. Yeah, it's... <sighs> I mean, I, look, I she should debate him. Both in, like, he didn't debate her. It, don't be a disingenuous and, and not debate him now. Because it, you should debate him. He's a, a announced officially as a candidate for the November election. You should debate him. But, like, also, I think politically, I think she crushes him in a debate. Yeah. Yes. And I think it makes sense for her to, like, go ahead, debate him. He's going to, you know what he's going to do. He's going to try to pull out all the stuff that he's already pulled out and got into the papers. You hammer him on all the fucking bullshit that he's done over the last 16 years and make him answer for his record for the first time in his life. Absolutely. I'm, I'm ready for full-on, like, unhinged Byron Brown. I'm, I'm ready. Like, he just feels like a man who has nothing to lose at this point, and he's just like... It, it's so wild to see somebody who, throughout his political career, has been so composed and so, you know, tight-knit as Byron Brown just flailing it's a i understand it's a strategy to paint her as a radical socialist and you know we're, we're fighting against radical socialism but she's the one keeping the cool head right now yes she's the one very much keeping the cool head right now um her people were also out working the doors this past week i saw you know volunteers for the, the india walton campaign in my neighborhood going around hitting the door so good on them if you listen to the square podcast we told you get out there and do it and, and you're doing it so Props, props to you. Got to give you a, a pat on the back where uh, where it's due. But more of that, more of the doors, because you cannot let Byron Brown frame the terms of the debate right now. You know, like not not the, the actual debate, but I mean like the the overall election, because it's it's trying to be painted as like oh India Walton radical socialist. You need to get your people out there and keep working and get India out there more and and get the framing that like hey here's this exciting person with some great ideas who pretty much came from nothing to be the mayor of buffalo like one of our greatest success stories it's unbelievable it's not mayor of buffalo yet not yet but if she does if she does it'd be an amazing success story and and uh, a really you know, fuck even if she doesn't it's still an amazing success story man like i it, i i know i know you know you don't give losers whatever i don't know you, you lose you lose i guess but it's still incredible that she's won a democratic primary like she has such an organized team that they won a democratic primary yeah they caught byron brown sleeping but you got to put in a lot of work to get there mm-hmm. i don't know i i'm here's the thing. if she wins they probably make a fucking movie about her life yes if she loses a lot of people lose her phone number and don't answer her calls anymore yeah, yeah. you don't get rolling stone interviews losing the election right 
It is what it is. But um, yeah, so we'll see. We're, we're going to get a debate. The two of them are, are going to go at it. And yeah, hammer Byron Brown for his terrible record. Yes. Get his ass. Get him. Get him. Uh, guys, speaking of <laughs> to Byron Brown's terrible record and, and speaking of, you know, just terrible infrastructure and things around here. How about uh, the poopy water? Oh, man. Oh, boy. That's how about how about the poop? Yeah, in the water. Investigative Post reported the uh, the terrible E. coli levels in the waterways around here. Skajakwita Creek, the Buffalo River, etc. Black Rock Hoy- Canal. Black Rock Canal. Uh, 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 and I didn't realize Hoyt Lake is among the best because maybe it's all the chemicals that were dumped. Right. Yeah. There. Hoyt Lake is Hoyt Lake. No E. coli. Yeah. St- I still want to go swimming in that son no, of a bitch. No, that's it's all. Disgusting. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fill up my glass and then go mmm fresh Hoyt Lake water. So when when all of us, I will, know, I'll do it. <laughs> kayak recreational kayak enthusiasts go paddle around river river works. Just don't fall in, folks. Right. You might you might uh, get a hand melted off or something like right, that. Or right. just or at least like keep your mouth closed. Yeah. Don't put like a it. mouth guard in. Uh, it's it's gross. Yeah. So the article from Investigative Post: Popular waterways contaminated by bacteria. And this is by Phil Gambini in the, in the invest IP here. Feces in the water people play in. Yes. E. coli bacteria plagues many local waterways and is a particular problem in the Black Rock Canal. Blame it in large part on sewage overflows. So E. coli is a nasty waterborne bacteria that can cause vomiting and diarrhea. Authorities close beaches when levels exceed safety limits, but they're doing next to nothing about unsafe readings in other local waterways. There's a particular problem with the Black Rock Canal, popular with fishermen, the occasional swimmer, and most notably, the West Side Rowing Club and high school and college crew teams. E. coli readings consistently exceed safe limits by up to 14 times established by the federal government. So you're in, like, it's not just a little bit of poopy water. It is really, mm. really mm. shitty water. It's a lot of shit. That's gross. It's gross. That's so, so gross. It's one of the many infrastructure issues we could fix instead of spending a billion dollars on a stadium, right? The, the sewer system, the water system. Right, the, the, the gray water system that we have yeah. where, like, is as the water overflows and it over, especially when it rains and, you know, July was a rainy month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it overwhelms the the sewer systems. Right. So they they just pour it out into. They have overflows that pour into local rivers there and canals and creeks. You got you got the cratered up roads. It's like driving on the moon. The schools that are severely underfunded. I mean, the list goes on. This right. Is just the house is full of lead paint. Yeah. 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 The, don't forget the lead paint. I mean, what's the mayor done about this in sixteen years? Like, what the hell have you been doing? Th- this is your like. This is your legacy, dude. This is, and yes, it's not just him. I mean, I understand your county has to be on top of a lot of this too, but it's just like, dude, you've been banging this drum for all these years about real estate, development, developers, blah, blah, blah. Nobody's going to want to fucking come here if our water's full of poop. Don't want to do it. They don't want to drink the poopy water. They don't want to swim in it. You don't want to play in it. Don't want to be here for Mm -hmm. it. So congrats, Byron Brown. You let your infrastructure, just like, emblematic of everything that is wrong with byron brown's tenure as mayor the poopy water i don't even want to think about it anymore i want to think give me something good right well speaking of things floating floating along in the water yeah it sounds like we there might next year i think it is and you know barring any other pandemics that break out or this one sticking around there's going to be a bill's mafia cruise and they will be allowing folding tables on the cruise cool (laughs) 
I, 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 I'm assuming there there will be shitty 80s and 90s cover bands too. Probably, probably. Yeah. Um, and I assume that because it's a cruise, they're going to be selling like liquor packages. Oh yes. And 100 percent of the attendees <laughs> yeah, will have that liquor package. What are the odds they run out halfway through the cruise? The, I I feel like it's like they are not prepared for how much people in this area drink. No. They, I don't, I don't think they realized when they did a Bills Mafia cruise that like they would run out of alcohol like four days in. But they're going to run out of alcohol like four days into like a ten day cruise. And I got to ask you, how many recorded instances are there of cruise ships starting on fire? Because I think this might be one of those instances. <laughs> I mean, what's what's the draw? Is it just like? We like the Bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is yeah. that really what the cruise is? Are yeah, there going to be any Bills players on there? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, that'd I, be cool. I wouldn't be right. If I, I mean, were a player, right? But maybe like an alum. Yeah, like I could see like maybe like they're able to like trot out Don Beebe or something like that. Mm-hmm. Who is he's like an assistant coach at like a university somewhere. Okay, um, so maybe not him because he's got like a real job and like he's got some self respect. But like maybe like. Freddie Jackson or something like that, or or Stevie Johnson. You think Johnson. Fred Jackson wants to be around those fucking people? Stevie Johnson. Uh, I guess I guess it'd be fitting if Stevie Johnson because he came up with the Bills Mafia name, right? Which is literally like the worst name you could. Uh, oh my god, I can't stand it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Bills Mafia. Like, Scott Norwood. He'd be a fun one to have ooh, on the cruise. They might they might throw him off the ship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like would you want to be around a whole bunch of Bills fans? I, I barely he's, tolerate being around a whole bunch of Bills fans. He's on the ship. The, the cruise ship is docking and it goes wide, right? <laughs> yeah. I just don't get the appeal of this. Why would you want to? I mean, if you want to go on a cruise with your friends, that's cool. If you want to go to a football game, that's cool. Yeah, I never st- understood the appeal of cruises. It's just like I'm stuck on this thing. People get sick on this shits all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, just, I get the idea of cruises. I don't get just, the idea of this cruise. Well, th- this especially. Yes. This, cru- uh, this no, this cruise is, is great. It's a winner. Um, you, I'm going you to buy tickets. Uh, I'm not going to buy tickets. Oh. I'm going to s- submit to like the ringer that like I will uh, cover the Bills Mafia cruise for them <laughs> if they send me on the cruise. Hunter S. Thompson style? Yeah. Well, we'll get, have to get you some chemicals for that. Right, right. Uh, t- uh, uh-huh. Speaking of the ayahuasca. <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't I don't like ah, whatever. Not for me, not for me. No. Um, Ryan, we've got we've got, got some got some more good news. I like being the good news, news guy here. Okay? You are you are good news. Snake is our good news. The good news snake. So good news, Re. Yes. Three months after we announced on this podcast, we weren't the first to announce it, but we announced it. Oh, we, that broke, the, we broke the news. We broke the news that the trough was closing. Uh, it sounds like the landlord thought it was a bad idea to turn that into apartments. And um, they're going to reopen the trough. I guess they were negotiating for a while. They're going to remodel the trough. It's going to be multi-level. There's going to be a rooftop area, bar or something. Mm-hmm. They are going to take over the former club Marcello yep. and redo that and the patio and all that. And they're going to make, I think, the concert area bigger. And I think they're going to have a small stage, too, for, for other things. So, yeah, it looks like uh, the resurgence of the trough won't be moving. It'll be staying put and it'll be reimagined. Yep, long of the trough. Hell yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm happy about that. That was great news. I was yeah. so happy to see that. Yeah. No, that is great news. The trough fits it like it, it, it fits a particular niche as far as like size of venue in the Buffalo area mm-hmm. um, for artists who maybe can't fill town ballroom, but would definitely overfill Mohawk. Yeah, exactly. It's a perfect spot for them. It's an institution. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's, it's one of the things that makes Buffalo Buffalo, to be honest. So so good on 
good on legacy development on coming up with a, a solution to that lets the trail stay there and, and not putting in 14 luxury apartments or whatever they're going to do. This is one time. One time I will hand it to the developers. I mean, to be fair. One time. I, I don't want to hand it to them too much. This is the same. You remember that the, the building that collapsed on like Elk like last week? Oh yeah. oh yeah, the same owner, oh, well, same development okay. company. Right. You, <laughs> I apologize for my previous tweet. You do not, in fact, have to hand it to the developers. <laughs> so, in other words, if you go to the trough, wear a wear a hard hat, right? Yeah, or, or at least use an umbrella. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I think uh, I think that's all the news of the week, gentlemen. We yeah. we missing anything? No, I think the last thing we got, we got a few concerts to announce. Concert, um, wow! So I think the one we're most excited about is is a year out next July. I think July twenty fifth. Um, Run the jewels and rage against the machine. That's yeah, going to be a, a banger and a half. Yeah. huh? that's going to slap hard, as the kids say. It's it's right? it's going to be rad. Yeah, it's going to be rad. Um, I'd love to hang out with Killer Mike. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we can get backstage passes. Uh, another big one coming this September, um, uh, September twenty third. Orville Peck, if you're in an alternative country, mm-hmm. you know he's a big one. I saw him in Austin, and it was one of the best shows I ever saw during um, Austin City Limits time frame a few years ago. You know, before there was a pandemic. We've got Iron and Wine. They're coming November fifteenth to uh, Bayville. We've got Claro coming in. What's this? In at Coming to Toronto at History, uh, that's March 4th of next year. And uh, don't forget, this is released Thursday, this Thursday. Friday, come to Mohawk Place and see Roger Bryan and the Orphans. And then, uh, so this is coming out on Thursday. Uh, This Saturday at Mohawk Place, don't forget to go support (laughs) Roger Bryan and the Orphans. You, okay. you can go Friday too. He won't be playing, but I mean, you can support him there. <laughs> right. Well, I was going to clean that up, but now I got to keep it in because you. you just yeah, I think me. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure the the Roger Bryan the Orphans Soul Butcher show is ten bucks. Ten bucks at the door. Yep. You got ten bucks. You got ten bucks for, for. You've got ten bucks for much worse shit than seeing Roger Bryan the yeah, Orphans. Yeah, bring thirty bucks, and, and then I'll get you PBRs and tips. So. Yep. Yeah. All right. Do it. Go. Go and to the show. We'll be there for free. We'll we'll you, be there. Yeah, you can talk to us, and we won't even charge you. Mm-hmm. I might. I might. <laughs> I might even buy you a beer if you're if you're fun. Yep. If you're cool. If you're cool. if you're rad. Yeah, you got to be rad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, buy a shirt, and I'll buy you a drink. Oh, this Saturday yep. at Mohawk Place. Yeah. Show up with your square shirt on, and you wear get a your drink. shirt. Yeah, wear, wear your shirt. shirt. Wear the shirt. Do it. Or the receipt for the shirt because it takes a while to ship. Right. Right. Yeah. Show up with your receipt. Show me your your. Open your little phone app and say, here, about the shirt. Give me my drink, Snake. Yep. All right. Well, next up we have Pat, uh, Assemblyman Pat Burke. My boss. Jim's boss, boss man, talking about about Pat, about Cuomo and all the stuff that's going on. So stay tuned. I see a bunch of hippies crying. All right, and we're here with Assemblyman Pat Burke. Uh, Assemblyman, thanks for joining us this week. Hey, my pleasure, guys. So uh, let's let's kick it off right away with like the big news of, of the week. Governor Cuomo, what what's going on with him? Any anything any news for him? Um, I, I hear he's in trouble. That's, <laughs> that's the rumor of the trees. No, I um, 
you know, not really not making light of it. It's a, it's an ex- extremely serious situation. It's one of the most serious, significant, uh, you know, events in the history of New York State. And, uh, you know, I'm of the position that the governor has to resign or he has to be impeached uh, immediately. And I think most of my colleagues in the state assembly where uh, the, the decision to impeach will be made uh, feel the same way. Even the, the speaker of the assembly has said uh, that he's unfit for office. So it's, um, you know, I know a lot of people hate Andrew Cuomo, but no matter what your feelings are, it's still a, you know, it's still a sad day for New Yorkers. And, and it's coming around when, you know, we're facing this spike in the Delta variant, which unfortunately has become a political issue. And uh, we need strong, uh, you know, government leadership right now, especially from, from, you know, our public health officials, which, you know, Andrew Cuomo and his public health commissioner are supposed to be leading the, the charge here. And, and uh, right now I don't think they're doing a very good job because of all of this. Yeah. What do you, what kind of timeline do you think we can, like our listeners can expect if, if the governor doesn't resign and it, and it turns to uh, he has to be forced out via impeachment, is there any kind of timeline that we can think we can look at? Yeah. So I'll just say, I think he will resign. I think there's just too much, there, there's just nowhere for him to go on this. And I, I think he will, I think, you know, I think he'll come to that conclusion on his own. But if he doesn't, uh, the work's being done to draft articles of impeachment now through the Judiciary Committee. And I expect that to get wrapped up uh, in, in, you know, the next, I would say, two weeks is a good timeline. The impeachment process, um, I think we were talking about this earlier, Jim. Yeah. It hasn't been done in like a century, right, in New York State for the governor. What would that look like? I think it's being looked at whether... Once the impeachment process starts, does he have? Does the governor have to step uh, over and Kathy Hochul take over? You know, any, yep. any insight on that? Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Okay. So, you know, I'm of the because there's so much involved in the impeachment inquiry because it's not just the sexual harassment scandals; it's the Mario Cuomo bridge, it's mm-hmm. the book deal, it's this wide scope of things, right. and it could frankly take forever. The investigation could probably take until he's until his actual term is up. So, you know, my feeling is to just pick uh, the most egregious case of sexual harassment, file articles of impeachment on that immediately, uh, which would would trigger, uh, he, you know, he wouldn't be, obviously he wouldn't be removed from being governor, but he would, his powers would be removed and they would go to Kathy Hochul. She would be the acting, uh, she'd be the acting governor until the, uh, articles of impeachment were then delivered. A trial time gets set up. There's a trial in the Senate, and when he's convicted, then he's at the very least removed from office. But he could be removed from office, and then also uh, be be barred from ever running for office in New York State again. So you're saying a couple of weeks for impeachment, and then what would be the timeline on a trial? So it could be up to for the uh, articles to be delivered to the Senate for them, and then for them to schedule a. A, a trial that could be up to 80 days before the trial would commence. So there's a lot of time, mm-hmm. uh, or there could be a lot of time and they could, they could start them immediately if they're ready, but uh, it could take a while. And then the whole trial period, you know, I don't think there's no time limit on that. Uh, so we could, you know, if we were, if we were, I think that's why it's so important for the assembly to just take care of business and get this done right away. Because hypothetically, if we take, 
two months to finish our full investigation, putting everything together. Then it takes 80 days to start the trial. Then the trial takes, you know, a month or you know, two months. God only knows. You know, you could be going into petition season, campaign season next year before we have some sort of resolution on this. And that's that's it's not good for anyone. It's not good for the government or the people. Mm-hmm. And also it gives the governor the opportunity to say, like, ah, well, this is it's political season. Of course, you know, this wasn't a fair trial. So um, so that's why I think being you know expeditious on the assembly side is, is really important. Yeah. And, you, and we're seeing that a little bit with the governor already. He's already saying, like, this is political. Um, regarding the AG's report, he's saying, "Oh, well, he's he had his attorneys do a, like a Zoom conference uh, late last week, and basically question the integrity of the report." Yeah, that's what I would I would expect him to do that, you know. And um, it is political. I don't know if the report is political, but the impeachment process is certainly a, mm-hmm. a political one. Um, it always is. The, the the unique thing in this situation is that. Um, it's in the best interest. Generally, you would say the people of the same party protect each other. And in this case, you know, you have Democrats uh, sticking true to their values and ousting uh, the governor of their own party. And so that's I think that's a unique thing. But it's still a political process, no matter which way you cut it. It's not a it's not a court of law. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about the bills. Okay. We're just going to give them like $2 billion, right? Like, it's just like no, no problem. blank check. Here you guys go. Um, we can find that somewhere, right? Scrape right. it up. Right. Yeah. Well, like now with all the new, uh, hopefully soon, marijuana tax revenue, we, we could just cover the Bill Stadium <laughs> and we'll just let the Pagulas do whatever they want. Yeah. yeah I don't, I, you know, people are, people are crazy about the Bills in Buffalo, obviously. I'm crazy about the Bills. Presume both you guys, you know, love the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know there is a uh, there is a significant pushback on giving. You know broadly, there's a significant pushback on giving billionaires money, but even locally with with hardcore Bills fans, mm-hmm. it just people are not happy about this. You know the Pagulas came here and promised this wasn't about money; that it was about you know it was about Buffalo and it was about you know bringing championships here, and now it really feels like it's about money and people people are rightfully upset and it's not just like i'm sure we can come up with the resources to do it we i mean should we is a great is a great question but what's the the cost and lost opportunities where we would have used that money for something that could be truly transformational for our region because right now it's pretty much feels like we're being blackmailed and we know that there's not going to be a significant economic benefit uh you know for the people here it's going to be it's basically an emotional psychological benefit of not losing the buffalo bills we don't want to you know everyone everyone you know you'll see people wearing like buffalo braves gear yeah we you know could you fathom like you know telling your future children that uh you know we used to have a professional football team here named the buffalo bills like that's that would suck Oh, people would be watching all the last the last two years of games on rerun for like decades. I think. Yeah, the yeah, the, the four falls of Buffalo would yeah. be uh, <laughs> like a, like our theme movie. Yeah, um, I mean, the, I mean, there the, there is a potential where you know, I've said for a long time, once the Bills or Sabers win a championship, 
our goal as a city is over, and we can just all move to Charlotte and join the rest of our family that lives down in North Carolina. Maybe the Bills win a Super Bowl this year, and we could just put up a police line around all of Western New York and be like, "Do not enter." Yeah, everybody moved. We, we achieved the cultural <laughs> cultural achievement well, once the Bills win. I think right. there will be some like partying and destruction before that, and, well, then, and why, then we can move out. That, right? That's yeah. why we could move. Yeah, is because yeah, yeah, everything yeah. would get destroyed right, in the yeah, riot after yeah. the win. <laughs> I mean, I think there's something to be said that we need to be more than just identifying as a rabid football fan base. You know, there's things to build here. There, there's a lot to do here. If, uh, if we're all moving to North Carolina, then I might as well retire from the state assembly. Cause I think, you know, there's good stuff that we can do. And, you know, I want to talk about, you know, if we're competing with other cities, you know, I look at like Cleveland and Pittsburgh and I see their world-class medical facilities. Like I want to build that up. I right. want, I want to make sure that, people in Buffalo, like people are coming to Buffalo to be treated for things. And, you know, people from Buffalo aren't driving four and five hours to, to go to a hospital. Like that's the stuff that interests me. Well, and it's also something too, Pat, um, where it's like, there's this notion that Buffalo wouldn't be on the map or something. If, you know, if we didn't have the sports teams that we do. And it's like, I don't know, we live in 2021. There's the internet. Like you've heard of now there are a lot of places that are, don't have sports teams or aren't, big previously big on the map places that have seen a growth of like infrastructure and people coming in. I think of like Asheville, North Carolina, we're talking about North Carolina, but that's a place where it's like a really cool and trendy city. They have a lot of breweries. They don't have a sports team, but it's, it's a cool place to be. So I think there's a future for Buffalo. Like, yeah, I hope we have the sports teams that we do, but I'm just saying I, I, that's not just our identity. We can be a cool city that has lots of interest, infrastructure and healthcare and like things for our people independent of the sports that we have. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to have both ideally. Uh, I was just in Asheville. It is a, it is a really cool city. It's like, uh, it's like if a whole city were Allentown. It was, it was pretty yeah. nice. Yeah, of course. I mean, of course, we you know we would we would take up a different identity. It doesn't it doesn't mean it wouldn't be very painful to lose the bills, though. I'm just I just think most people are, are unwilling to be to be shaken down. You right. know, like I said, I said in a different interview the other day is like, you know, you can't come here and be the saviors, and then you know to a blue blue collar place like Buffalo, and then put your hand out and say, you know, you don't want some help from from them, but you want everything from them it's just it's not right i mean it's also pretty bad faith negotiating to be honest with you i think we're all realistic enough to know they're gonna have to pay like the state of new york is going to have to pay something to keep the bills around you know like that that's just the reality as much as it sucks to think about that these billionaire franchise owners are shaking down uh the public for funds for their you know mega stadiums we, we exist in reality where it's like that has to happen. The problem is you come in asking for the whole, like the whole thing. Like, come on, man. It's just so brazen. It's just so like they're not moving. They're not moving to Austin anyway. They could, maybe they move, maybe not. They're definitely not moving to Austin, but just to walk in and say like, well, well hand it all over. I know the internet isn't real life, but I've seen a lot of comments online from people who are, and maybe they're paid by the Pagulas, I don't know, who are like, I'd gladly pay more, more in taxes to keep the bills here. I'm like, well, okay. Those people are paid by George Soros. Oh. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw like, I don't, like a, it ended up on like a Step Out Buffalo meme post or whatever, but I saw somebody like tweet out that was like, if I had a billion dollars, I would, I would go broke to keep the bills here. Mm. And I'm like, Terry idiot, if you had a billion dollars, you'd just buy the bills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. Well, that, yeah, that's certainly the other angle of it is, is just the model of the NFL. Like, 
I love the Green Bay Packers model. You know, I, yes. I think it would be great if, if we were the next version of that. And I know the NFL doesn't want to see that. But if the Pagulas are, are you know, strapped for cash, why would we do all of this public money without any actual public financial benefit? Just buy the friggin' team then. You know, if we're going to put up all the money anyway, just buy it. By the team, have 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 the community be the the shareholders who make decisions, and then we'll really know they're never going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's it's indicative of a lot of the mindset of these franchise owners, right? Where they're like, basically, they're saying we're doing you a favor. <laughs> like you're you're going to pay us because we're we are doing you a public service by having your sports franchise um, in this city. And the Bills, while Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula own the Bills, they belong to Buffalo. This is our city. This is our sports team. Yeah, you paid the price tag, and I, I get that you own it, but it's bigger than you, dude. Yeah, it's uh, and it's also you know with with you know, socialism being in the conversation all the time. This is this is billionaire socialism, mm-hmm. except they they keep the money. They just take all of the, they just take all public resources. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's just fascinating how how we're for the market all the time until until a billionaire needs a billion dollars from us. It, it would turn my stomach when, what was it, like 10 years ago, where people like tearfully like, thank you, Mr. Pagula, for, for saving our sabers and saving our bills. And it's like, okay, this guy just bought like an investment property. <laughs> Congratulations, dude, on making another like $50 million or whatever. I don't know. I, God. That happens a lot. That's a, that's a major Buffalo thing where we thank people for making money off of us. Like, we, <laughs> like we we do that with you know real estate developers all the time too. Like look yes. what they're doing. Like yeah, they made a bank on that. What are you talking about? Right. Anyone could. It's, that's not that's not even a hard thing to do. Right. That's it's not just, that's not civically minded. No, thank you for printing money from us. <laughs> like just like like, and then they're like, you're welcome. You're you're welcome. And so I I don't know. It's just it's a I guess it's a Buffalo thing. I I haven't observed that in other places, but. It's weird. Yeah, I, I think there's been a lot made over the years of the Buffalo inferiority complex. Who knows how long that's been a thing, where it, where it's come from. You know, it, it's it's been something that we've been dealing with for a long time, where we don't have, like, the courage of our convictions to, I, I don't even know how to phrase this, but I guess, like, to say that we're a good enough city. Like, it's okay. We're not, you know, we're not Toronto. We're not... Like there's these other cities that we try to compare ourselves and we always feel like like small timers and we're not the biggest city, but we're still a pretty good city and we're still a pretty good region. It's it's okay to not be New York City or you know, wherever. I, I and I just feel like we're always so scared. Like there's a insecurity in Buffalo yeah, that I would love to more just beat it out. Yeah, yeah, come on, love yourselves, Buffalo. You're great. Yeah, you ever see that that meme? The love yourself. Respect yeah, yourself. Right. Yeah, it's like whatever that meme video. I'm, I'm 37, <laughs> so I don't really, I don't know the language, yeah. the lingo for these things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess you know where we are in Buffalo and how I view things. I actually, I view us as you know, strategically really important going over the next, you know, 20 years or so, uh, connecting to to you know the the GTA and also just the Great Lakes cities. It's a, it's really a massive economy that we're a part of. Uh, and it could be a force, both you know economically and politically. So uh, I think we're positioned great. You know, I'm not uh, you know the the obsession with growth. You know, I I don't I don't like we don't need to grow you know physically and build all sorts of massive buildings and be this massive city. 
but we we certainly need to grow in in some infrastructure ways. Uh, you know, we need to grow. Uh, we need to have uh, a proper public transit system. You know, that's that's infrastructure mm-hmm. investment that we need. We do need to invest in in you know, scientific research and become a part of uh, you know sort of a, a I think a Great Lakes uh, research region. There's there's things we can do and should do, and but it doesn't. It, it's certainly not about developers building more housing. We have a massive housing stock that a population hasn't caught up to, even though we're seeing the sort of this speculative housing boom that has, I'll be, I'll be honest, has sustained itself longer than I thought it would. But uh, at some point, when you don't have jobs and population to match that growth in housing, you're going to see a decline in value. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, it's something where people, like, like you're going to live somewhere the quality of life has to be good. So yeah, you could have all the development, you can like put up all these big buildings, but if like the streets suck, you know, if, if the roads are are bad, if you know, you, you can't get from one place to the next, there's so much cool stuff in Buffalo, but like you said, like a limiting factor is transportation. So you have to, you have to drive. If you want to go to this cool bar out on transit, you got to drive. If you want to go somewhere in Hamburg, you got to drive. And it's like, come on. We don't have to. We don't have to do that. You know, there was um, uh, so the lease deal for the Bills Stadium, like '97. Part of the agreement was to uh, have commuter train to the stadium, and they just never did it. Right? Like so, like <laughs> even the really important infrastructure things that you know the Bills were supposed to invest in, like you know moving people in an efficient way, uh, they they didn't do the really important part that would have had actual economic transit oriented development uh Mm -hmm. you know benefits for our community so even when we're when we're in negotiations now tying it back to the bills you know it should be there should be an infrastructure and transportation discussion that goes along with the stadium so let's get rid of traffic jams but let's have an opportunity to have rail service that can move people uh, another avenue to move people and I think it's something folks will be excited about, and it will tie into my my streetcar plan beautifully. Oh yeah. So uh, speaking of streetcars or you, you know, other plans that you have, um, what can we expect, or what are some of your goals, uh, if you have any, for the 2022 legislative session? Sure. So uh, you know, streetcars is really uh, the big one. You know, because it's a massive project, and so it takes a lot of work and energy, and and so what I. I've sort of changed things up. When I was a county legislator, I served in the minority caucus of the county legislature for most of my tenure there. I would just pretty much, there'd be like a bunch of things I wanted to do because I was really excited about the job. But I would also, I would do like a hundred things to try and obscure what I was really like, what my real goals were. And so that doesn't really work in the assembly. You have to really pick one or two, maybe three things and focus all of your energy on those things because it's, it, it takes a lot of energy to move anything through the body. So uh, last year I was able to get a single-use plastics ban for SUNY and CUNY campuses. So I want to fund that and grow that uh, so we can get to a single-use plastics ban in the state of New York and be really the leader uh, in the country on that. Streetcars is a big one. And then there are some smaller bills that I think are really important, one being commuter electric commuter bikes. We're doing tax incentives and rebates for electric cars. We should really be considering our, our commuter bikes as well. They're just much more efficient, safer, especially if we have the infrastructure in place for them. A, a tax rebate for that. And then there are some, some smaller ones that I think are interesting. Uh, we don't really regulate tattoo ink very well in the state 
really anywhere in the country, but especially in the state of New York. And so as someone, I, I got one tattoo when I was 18. I turned 18, I got a tattoo. I didn't, you know, I didn't smoke cigarettes. So, um, <laughs> I did the same thing. And, and I probably wouldn't get any more because if you start reading about what's potentially in tattoo ink, it, it freaks me out. You know, you got like car paint in tattoo ink. You're like you've got all of these, it's, it's completely unregulated. And so, uh, pretty much, I would say most of the people around my age and younger that I know have at least one tattoo. And so like, it's also another potential health crisis that everyone is getting tattooed and they don't know the, the ink that's going into their bodies is very poorly regulated. So uh, we have a bill for that. And uh, one that's close to my heart that you guys may don't think I'm not trying to scam the system, but uh, we're down for a good scam. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, it's sort of twofold and it comes to what would what should allow someone to become an attorney one we don't have any uh online law program in suny so i think and i think we should it's been proven at this point we've we've operated remotely during the pandemic we may have to do it again but there should be an established online law program through suny somewhere Uh, and frankly i'm of the opinion if abraham lincoln didn't have to go to law school and could be a lawyer then Anyone with the chops to pass the bar should be able to become an attorney, a practicing attorney. And so uh, I want to sort of move to the California model where you could also uh, challenge the bar. So those are that's kind of what's on my agenda uh, for the upcoming year. Just the world needs more lawyers. That's what I always say. We we need we need more of them running around. No, that's great. I I think making uh, that process more accessible is it's such a limiting factor economically and for people who, you know, who work like who, who have scheduled or they have kids and they got to be at home and they can't make it in person. And you're right. The pandemic has shown how foolish a lot of our ideas of you need to be in the office or you need to be in, in a school physical space to, to do something. We just throw that out the window. Yeah. It's going to take time, but obviously like the way we do things and have done things uh, is not going to continue that way going forward so we're gonna have to rethink a whole bunch of things and uh, i like it that you know inertia kept us in you know we just did things the way we're doing them because it's easy to continue in that way it's hard for change um we were forced to make change and now we see how many benefits we could have you know frankly for the environment too covid has been obviously horrible but it has there have been some side benefits uh to the environment automobile accidents and deaths have gone way down you know there are there are some things but we don't necessarily have to be under covid to now make those changes like we can make up we can make a lot of them even hopefully post covid post delta variant post whatever variant after that because you know a certain segment of the population won't get vaccinated but like once we get to that point we still have to make changes 100 percent, yeah now, we're, the world is a, a much, much different place, and we're still dealing with the realities of that, I think. It's going to take a while um, for everybody to sort of wrap their heads around the world that we live in, myself yeah. included. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's obviously going to be economic reasons for, for certain people to prevent change from happening. You know, actually, if, we are, if we're looking at, you know, college-university model, we have so much access to information these days, and and the process for educating people could change dramatically. But what do you do on all those campuses if you don't need all of that infrastructure and all those buildings? Like, there's so many questions that come with, you know, 
that if we redo the way we do, you know, if we if we change how we operate completely, it creates a whole different set of problems and challenges. Pat, you mentioned, um, you know, there, obviously there's a segment of the population that that's not getting vaccinated, and I know New York City has recently did, did they did they officially go like a vaccine card, like you could show the vaccine card. Businesses are allowed or encouraged to show. You have to have a vaccine card to to get into the business. I think. Um, yeah. Is that is that a feasible model? Like, is that I'm not trying to put you on the spot or get you on a gotcha here. I'm just curious no, to hear okay. what you think. Like, is that something like New York State should look to adopt? Should we say, hey, vaccine or you know, businesses can turn you away or what? Yeah, of course. I mean, they can do that anyway, but they should. Of course, they should. Like this, this sort of nihilistic view that like the rules don't apply, nothing matters. It's it's insane. If you if we removed ourselves from the, the bubble we're in and looked at looked at it from a you know even ourselves from a couple of years ago, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. All of these people are dead. If you don't do this, you know there's going to be variants of this that are going to cause even more death, and you will never get out of the cycle unless you have enough people who are vaccinated. And then you're like, ah, eh, it's really a personal choice. What do you? It's not a personal choice when you can. You know, you can cause mass death and the people advocating for it as a personal choice, the people who are doing this you know, for political benefit, like they're in, in my view, they have upset everyone's life. They have caused so much death and trauma that I, I it, in my view, it's bioterrorism. You are you are actively propagandizing the spread of a deadly disease. Like it's it's I like I don't I don't care. Like I like if anti-vaxxers are going to be mad at me, I don't, I don't care at all. Like I'm just, I'm done with it. They're going to, because they're putting my life at risk. Exactly. And frankly, I have one child who's too young to get vaccinated. I could care. Like you can, you can carry Delta. Uh, you know, like I'm less likely to be impacted by it, but I could carry it in my nose and in my throat. And I could, you know, unwittingly give it to my child and he could be at risk of dying or getting really sick. Like 600 kids uh, have died from this. I just read a story uh, last week about a five-year-old healthy precocious boy in Georgia who had a terrible, painful death because of these assholes. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so shitty, man. Like this attitude where it's just like you, I understand, you know, you're a person, you have autonomy, but you live in a society. You, you live around other people who, you know, you work with, who you interact with on a daily basis. You're not, you're not an Island. Nobody is an Island. And we're talking about contagious disease. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And it's frustrating as hell because like, Oh, I don't want to put this into my body. It's my choice. They say, but uh, how many, how how much other bullshit crap did the garbage they put in their body? Fast food, you know, whatever, whatever beer at the bar they drink, you know, it's way worse than whatever this could be. So just, I don't know what the logical end of this argument is I really don't when there's so yeah, much and, benefit to it. And it's also not a nonsense argument. Like, right. you know, one, one, I thought, uh, you know, good, like example of a counterpoint was like, you know, you can put whatever you want in your body, but like, you don't have a right to go get drunk and then drive around. Right. You know, you don't like, there's all sorts of things that you can't do with your own body that put other people at risk. So no, like th- this is one of those cases where your personal decision could cause an outbreak of a disease like what society could function if if they're just like yeah no you get to do whatever you want yeah cool whatever yep 
It's all it's all it's all about you. Can you imagine if the plague if so if someone was going around and like you can't tell me what to do. They would just they would just I'm not advocating for this, but they would get rid of that guy. Yeah. 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 Bonkers. And then yeah. also yeah. just as a as a as a country, like it's it's it feels like we haven't learned any of the lessons from the last year and a half. Um you know, these these variants are are developing in countries that have little to no vaccine. And you know, it's basically we're on a by by being stingy with the vaccine and not producing oh, yeah. and spreading it to every country as much as possible, it is basically a you know isolationist suicide mission. Sorry. It's crazy. Like like you need to distribute it everywhere as much as humanly possible. Like this would be this would be like a I'm not again I'm not equating it to World War II, but like it would be World War II level like all hands on deck. This is a this is a problem that can only be solved by the governments of the world we are going to solve it and that is it until we defeat it like we have to defeat it mm-hmm. or we're going to live you know in fear and and tragedy for an incomprehensible amount of time it's like there's a forest fire and it's like well we just got to put out our tree yeah <laughs> the whole thing is burning <laughs> we, we're all everybody's getting sick like you have to you have to attack it all or nothing you know it's it's like it's not we you can't be selective with it it's going to keep coming yeah. and keep coming unless one people get vaccinated and you know really stay on top of safety protocols at, at times when it's needed and two that right you're right you distribute it to the rest of the world so that it doesn't keep popping up again it seems like we might come to a point in a few months where a lot of americans will want a booster shot and then the rest of the world will still not be vaccinated i'm really worried about that We've got that's, defi- that, yeah. that's definitely happening. And, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, and that's also a moral question. Should we be right. fighting for boosters instead of like the real fight should be just making sure every human on earth is vaccinated. Tough, tough stuff, guys. It's <laughs> what a, what a world we live in, huh? We're, we're solving it right well, here I, in the snake I, pit. I kind of like that you're equating it to forest fires. Like, yeah, we really got to put out the forest. We don't do that either. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Half half the Western Hemisphere is burning, you know. Yeah. Look, I don't know if you guys, uh, but when, uh, is Oregon still burning? I'm not sure. But, like, the there was, like, a haze over the summer in Buffalo. And I was like, well, that's weird. I wonder what that's all about. And it was was from the fires in the West Coast. I remember that. Yeah. Or Oregon. I don't. They might. They might still be. I know that uh, Alberta was having some crazy yeah. forest fires. Uh, really hot there. Have you seen? Have you guys seen the pictures from Turkey? There's like some yes. port city in Turkey. Like literally, the sky is just constantly like almost like a blood red because the like fires are raging nonstop um, in Turkey, and it's just like, what are we doing? This whole place, it, like. It's scary. You can't just protect your one little corner of the world, whether it's vaccines, whether it's, you know, climate change. Like you can't you can't isolate yourself because you are part of a whole. And if the whole is burning up or if the whole is sick and dying, you will burn up and you will get sick and die. Yeah, man. Preach. Oh, it really grinds my gears. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, Cool. This has been a great talk. What yeah. what what other uh, <laughs> oh we yelled about things can we talk about? We we yelled about the the bills. We yelled about the vaccines. What what what's the good? What's a feel good thing for you, Pat? What's yeah. something that uh, warms the cockles of your heart this week? You got anything that uh, a feel good story for the listeners? 
No. No? Everything sucks. Got it. Nothing that comes to mind. All right. Listeners, you're not allowed to feel good. You're allowed to feel good hanging out with us and listening to us. That's your that's your feel good. Hanging out with Pat, our boy, our boy in the assembly holding it down. It was my dog's birthday this week. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. All right. Happy birthday. He's, uh, I have, he's a giant Newfoundland uh, filled with love for, for everyone. So that was good. He turned five, and he's he's about 150 pounds of pure love. Big so, boy. Wow. Yeah, you'll, you'll uh, if, if anyone's out in the parades, if we have parades uh, for maybe St. Patrick's Day, you can come say hi to Hagrid, uh, the giant black dog. <laughs> Dude, I know you're you're probably jonesing for the St. Patty's Day parades, huh? Yeah, you know, I mean, I love St. Patrick's Day at parades. I mean, I, I guess I enjoy them, but I, it always feels a little weird for me. Uh, you know, it feels like the sort of 19th century, uh, you know, sort of obsolete kind of function. You know, you're just like walking down and you're waving at people don't know you um it, it, i mean i enjoy it and i get to see a lot of people that i know and friends that i don't, I don't usually see but it, i would say it was, it's more fun on the other side of the parade rather than <laughs> rather than walking the parade it's, it's more fun celebrating saint patrick's day on the other side <laughs> i guess you haven't had like a, a normal saint patrick's day in a few years since you've been an elected official what it's, i would call a normal yeah it's been about a decade <laughs> Although what is fun about the parades is getting to be a normal person walking, you know, I have been in like the parades, um, for rugby and stuff like that. And, uh, just walking down the street, like people waving at you and cheering and you're just some guy and you're like, yeah, this is cool. I could, <laughs> I could get used to people cheering at me walking down the street. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe it's, it's one of the reasons I'm an elected official. It's just, uh, you know, like, Hey, <laughs> um, <laughs> You love getting cheered at, yeah. You're not yelling at me. Cool. It's actually one of those. It's it's one of those things. Uh, like Wegmans is usually like the bane of my existence because inevitably you always you know run into people or they recognize you and you know they want to they want to share their concerns. But my bigger fear is that like like I'm seeing people like they're like insulted that I'm not saying hi to them. So I, I'm in Wegmans and I'm just nodding to everyone like a like a goof. You know, I just say hi to people all the time, just in case they they expect me to say hello. Feels very strange, especially like in a busy public place. You got to do one of those like I have no idea what you just said, but I'm going to nod and nod politely at you. Like, yeah, yeah, good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, sport? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think parades. Uh, my distinct memory of a parade that I is is St. Patrick's Day parade, the Delaware Avenue one, the downtown one. I was standing outside a merge, and Mark Schroeder was walking in the parade, and he saw me and he started waving his hand like as fast as he could, like grinning like an idiot, just like, "Hey, Jim, how are you?" And I was like, "I'm fine, fine, fine." <laughs> you Mark, just get so excited. Mark had it did a great like. So if he did, like he does it to everybody, but um, uh, I, I remember I had a, a friend who was in town from Poland, and he went to a fundraiser of mine, and Schroeder was there, and Mark's like, oh, it's so great to see you, and he's like hugging this guy, and my buddy's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just Schroeder, like, it was like, that was weird, but I really like that guy, you know, like this, <laughs> So kind of overwhelming someone with like affection. And, and so 
it's hard to be mad at someone if even if they're a total stranger if you think they're a little odd but if they're if they're giving you a hug and they seem really happy to see you it's like eh. it's like a big old puppy like dog it. right yeah yeah ex- exactly yeah oh all right well I, th- I think that's all we've got for pat this week um pat thanks for joining us man any uh anything you want to get out there to the folks but you are hosting a fundraiser for John Fetterman at the Wednesday at Silo City, uh, the same day as the home opener for the Bills. Yeah. So if you don't know who John Fetterman is, he is uh, uh, Big John, the, the Lieutenant Governor of uh, Pennsylvania. He's running for Senate, and it's a really important race because it's our opportunity to flip a Senate seat and and hold the the Senate for the Democrats. Uh, John is a he's a unique character. You know, he's about six eight, looks like a biker. Um, you know, doesn't take shit from anyone, and you know, is very, very plainly, you know, plainly and directly spoken. He's from the Braddock, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania area, which is right near Pittsburgh, and so he's going to come up for the Bills game. The Steelers are playing the Bills first game of the season, and uh, he's going to come up, uh, you know, watch the game with us, and we're going to have a, a little event for him, and uh, it should be great. Awesome, man. That's a, that's a, that's a big time get, shall we say? I think so, and it's kind of you know what I was talking about with you know Buffalo being really this this important place geographically for economic and, and political reasons because we're so close, Pennsylvania. We're so close to Ohio. We have so many common interests with PA, Ohio, Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, Michigan. And so we have a lot of opportunities to, you know, I certainly do, uh, you know, build relationships there and and help in, in ways that I think other people in other localities can't. And, and so um, having John here, I think, is really important for us. He's, he lives really close um, to Buffalo, and uh, I know he goes to Presque Isle and the Erie PA a lot. So it's something where he's valuing, you know, the great lakes and, and the future of that region. That's, that's important. That should be important. All of us. We're all in it together, baby. So, 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 uh, we'll keep an eye out. We'll, uh, we'll link to the, uh, the act blue, uh, event for Fetterman. Yeah. We'll put in all your links, John Fetterman in Buffalo. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be cool. And, and anybody who's out there who, if they haven't been to Duende, it's a very cool place. Yeah. It's at, uh, yeah, Silos, Duende's at Silo City. So it's a great backdrop for, for this event. And, uh, you know, watch the Bills play the Steelers. It's just a, it's going to be a great uh, blue collar, you know, day for, for, uh, for everyone. Obviously, it's going to be a great day just to watch the Bills beat on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but I'm happy to, I'm happy to have John here. And I'm going to be even happier once uh, I, get, I get to rub it in that, that uh, the Bills stopped out his Steelers. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks again, Pat, for joining us. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. We'll have you back on in the near future, hopefully. All right. Take these, guys. All right. Thanks. Later. Like waking up from a fucked up dream. Suddenly everything's looking good. It's in the permanent damage done. Really, that is all for another episode of The Square, gentlemen. Yeah, so one of the things I learned not to do based on my Polish heritage is go around poking people with a kielbasa. I guess I, I had to stop doing that circa, I don't know, turn turn of the millennium. Yeah.
So if I can do it, Andrew Cuomo can do he it. He can learn. He can learn. He can learn. He can be better. Mm-hmm. Yes. He can be better not as governor. <laughs> right. That's he right. can be better That's not right. as governor. Part of my German heritage is to immediately go to anywhere Polish and say, you now are part of my property. Yeah. And, you know, you've never done that to me. No. I've learned yeah. to I not do that anymore. Almost. There were a few times. Right. But you, you, you held it. You held it straight. Right. I, I showed up with a tank, but you know, I was like, you know what? I'll park it outside of his property line. <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh <laughs> uh, well, listeners, uh, always a pleasure to talk at you and yell about the news. I'm still going to hit people with pussy willows on Dinkit Day, though. Yeah, you sure will. Uh, people signed up for that. That's they right. Signed up for that. You show. Listen, you show up anywhere where you know you're going to be slapped with pussy willows. That's on you. Right. right. You didn't have to show up. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna be dinguses when the time comes. But you could follow us dinguses on social media at SquarePodBuff on Twitter. Uh, we are also on Facebook at uh, just the Square Podcast on Facebook. If you're a so, boomer and something still, like that, yeah. If you're a boomer and still use Facebook, you know, I, I did not realize that like anybody under the age of twenty five does not know what the fuck Facebook no, is, or no. like they know what it is, but they just don't use it. They might have a profile just to like look at events, but they they are not active on that. Mm-hmm. No, but but thankfully us boomers do use Facebook, so we we update all the episode stuff. So check us on Facebook. Um, if you're listening to us, you found out how to listen to us. But if you want to tell your friends to listen to us, and they say, "Where can I listen to the Square Podcast?" Well. I do it. Uh, I have an iPhone, so I go to the podcast app and I search for the square, and oh, there it is, SquarePod. It's uh, it's us. But we're also on Spotify. We're also on Stitcher. Um, help me out here, Ryan. There's all that shit. Google, against SoundCloud, uh, 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 SoundCloud. Yeah, we're there. SoundCloud's the main one. So we're, we're SoundCloud rappers, also mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah. So should I get an Instagram for this podcast? I feel like the kids use Instagram. I, you know, I, it's I think funny. We should. It's funny as. As we're recording this, I got a text from my sister up in, in Maine. Okay. And her text was, do you guys have an Instagram account for the podcast? Because I was going to tag my new shirt. Ah, we really should. Shit. Okay. All right. We'll um, make an Instagram. I'll get on that. We'll, we'll engage with the Instagram. We'll let Ernest the Pomeranian take over mm-hmm. her social media right. and Insta. And of course, if you like what you're hearing and you want to support us and you want to, you know, you want to throw a few bucks our way, you can buy the shirts. Uh, you can get them. I think... If you go to our Twitter and or Facebook pages and soon to be Instagram page, there will be a link for you to purchase. Uh, it, they're, they're in every podcast description, the link to the shirts. Yes. So buy the merchandise. You can look cool as hell. I saw saw Rob Galbraith the other day wearing the shirt. And it looks so... I, I, I just ran into him. I was at Duende. Uh, I went to this crazy like art performance that was hosted by Torn Space Theater. It's really cool. Because, uh, you know, we're, we're cool. We, we're, we're in the know on cool shit here yeah, at the you, Square, okay? You're hip. You're rad. You're hip. You're rad. You listen to this podcast. You know about the cool stuff. Anyway, I saw Rob wearing the shirt. I was like, damn. It looks really good on him. Because he's a good-looking guy. But also, the shirt just makes him pop. So, you want to pop? Buy the shirt. Also, if you really like us and you really want to support us, well, go to our Patreon. Give us that cash money. Give us, the, give us the money. Come if, on. If you got it. Help us secure the bag. Come on. Come on. We're giving you all this. We love you, baby. If but you got it. If you can't swing it, then that's fine. We'll make, if, you don't, if you can't swing it right now, we can make other arrangements. Right. Okay? Right. Ask, ask the state government for $1.1 billion. <laughs> yeah. Do we need a new stadium? No. Do we need to fund our podcast? Yes. Yeah. Right. It, it's about a billion dollars to run this thing every right. week. Yeah. 
Could you imagine? Could you imagine how tight this podcast would be if we had a billion dollars? Oh yes. Right. Oh my god. I mean, as soon as we came back from our like six month vacations that we would all take, <laughs> it would be great. Yeah, I'd be fully recharged. <laughs> we'd have gold plated microphones. Like we'd be uh, we'd be really doing it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, give us the money on Patreon. Follow us on social media. Keep listening. We love you, baby. And yeah, till next time. Little Timmy Turtle Staying home on such a beautiful day